the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Talk you can believe in. True Talk 800. True Talk 800. KPDQ. Welcome to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. My name is Mike Lee. I'm the director of local ministries here at True Talk 800 and also at 93.9 KPDQ, 104.1 The Fish, and 93.1 El Rey. Don't forget our Experience Israel trip is coming up, and you can visit the Holy Land with Alistair Begg, Georgine Rice from The Georgine Rice Show, and Chris Kelly from 104.1 The Fish. If you'd like more information, just shoot me an email. Mike Lee at kpdq.com is my email address. That's M-I-K-E-L-E-E at kpdq.com. Our very special guest is Carrie Vaughn. He is the CEO of Love Worth Finding Ministries, our Ministry of the Month. Love Worth Finding with Adrian Rogers is heard weekdays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. on True Talk 800. You'll also enjoy Love Worth Finding weekend, 10 a.m. Saturdays, and Sundays at 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. on True Talk 800. In addition to our sister station, 93.9 KPDQ-FM, Sunday mornings at 5.30. So, Carrie, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. How are you? Mike, thank you so much. Doing wonderful. It's uh, been a busy Monday, but a very fruitful time in the ministry. We appreciate you guys and uh, what you're doing across the nation. And, and as I said before, greatly, greatly appreciate your partnership. As we do with Love Worth Finding Ministries, it's amazing to see a radio program like Love Worth Finding not only continue, but thrive after its primary host has been in heaven for a decade plus. So could you describe the history and also the ongoing legacy of Love Worth Finding Ministries? You know, the history began uh, about 1987, so we're approaching our 30th year. And and what's amazing for those who knew Dr. Rogers, he never really set out to have a separate entity radio TV ministry. His heart was with the church and with Bellevue, and uh, he had some uh, colleagues that came to him and said, look, you need to be uh, allow us to throw your name in the hat for president of the Southern Baptist Convention. And he you know, was not looking to campaign or to jockey for that, but was open to what the Lord had in store. And so he's the only pastor that has served three terms as president of SBC. And the same was true for the radio TV ministry. Uh, some of the laymen and, and some of his colleagues came and said, Adrian, you've got to put this rich content on the airwaves, and we want to help you do it. But he never really lobbied for that. He never really tried to engineer that to happen, but he was always open to what the Lord had in store. So in 1987, the ministry of Love Worth Finding started, and it is still going strong today. As a matter of fact, we have a larger footprint today. When you look at the radio TV outlets and you look at our reach and you look at where we span, we have a bigger footprint today than ever before. And it's just truly Isaiah fifty five eleven that says, my word will not return void. Well, that's for sure. So since you've been in the broadcasting field for a significant chunk of time, Carrie, 
What do you believe is the primary factor that led to Dr. Rogers' longevity? Is it his strict humility and the fact that God chose him and he used the tool that was placed in his hand? Well, I, I think every pastor can say that. I think what separates Dr. Rogers a little bit is he preaches with compassion and conviction. I think those are the two ingredients. And what made him such a, what I call a statesman, was that his biggest strength was integrity. And so here's a man that you say, man, he was a great pulpiteer, he was a great pastor, and you know what he was? But his greatest strength was that he was a man that walked with God, and he was a man of integrity. And so when you have that type of focus and that type of character, uh, you become a statesman. And then you couple that with the authority of the Word of God that he's preaching with, with conviction and, and, and no compromise. It's, it's amazing what God has done through the ministry of Dr. Adrian Rogers. It really is that integrity that really sets him apart from most other pastors that we see across the country. Are there any other personal aspects of Adrian Rogers that you, Carrie Vaughn, have experienced that you'd like to share with our listeners? Uh, Dr. Rogers had the uncanny ability to really focus on people. He really understood the, the two greatest commandments, to love God and to love people. I'll say it a different way. Stay right vertically and then to stay right horizontally. He understood that, and he tried to really display that in his everyday life, not just on Sundays in a, in a big church like Bellevue and behind the pulpit, but really when he was out and about, and he would really just try to pour into people, and he would give folks his undivided attention, and he would walk slowly through the crowd, very much like Jesus uh, would have done. But what I was amazed is that in the latter part of his ministry, he had a heart to really what he called download 50 years of ministry to these younger preacher guys. And so he understood that it was, it was no value just to preach and retire, but he wanted to download 50 years of ministry into the next generation. And that lines up exactly with Love Worth Finding. We're doing the same thing as we look at social media, as we look at website, as we look at technology. What we're really trying to say is we want to reach the next generation, our kids and grandkids, with the gospel message. So, Carrie Vaughn, do you believe that Love Worth Finding is really kind of on the cutting edge to give the eternal Word of God to a generation in different approaches? Oh, absolutely. Matter of fact, I really think we're right in the threshold of all that. Uh, we have over 150,000 followers on Facebook, over 10,000 followers on Twitter. The other day, we took a three-minute snippet of a sermon. We put it out through Facebook. And 1.9 million people viewed it. And so we understand we have a great community out there through technology that we would love to not only distribute the Word of God, but we would love to use it as a, as a tool, as an engine, as a vehicle to help people mature in their walk with Christ, but also as a bridge to tie them back to the ministry of Love Worth Finding so that they can pray for our ministry they can volunteer, they can contribute, they can be a part of what God is doing. And how can the listeners and viewers play a vital role in this worldwide ministry? I think first and foremost, and that's a great question, I think, I think truly, and I don't mean this as a platitude, I don't mean it flippantly, but I think to pray for the ministry. You know, we, we truly understand that, 
that we plant and water, but God gives the increase. I mean, that's not only a verse. We understand that. We see that each and every day, that God truly provides the increase. And so I think as folks are praying across the nation, as they're praying across the world for love worth finding, I believe that prayer will change things, and I believe that prayer will also move the hand of God. And so I would just encourage that listener, that viewer, just to say, you know what, we're going to chalk it up and just pray for the ministry. That's the best thing you can do for us. I think, secondly, uh, to contribute, if that's financially wonderful. Uh, you know, we live and die by the support of our contributors and our donor base. But at the same time, you may say, I want to contribute personally. I want to, I want to volunteer. I want to be a part of the advisory council. I want to be a part of what you guys are doing. And that's we have room for that as well. So I think, I think prayer is number one. I think number two, find out a way that you can be invested and involved in the ministry of Love Worth Finding. Well, thank you for sharing that with us, Carrie Vaughn, who is the CEO of Love Worth Finding Ministries. I got to ask you, Carrie, with so many radio programs out there, wonderful teaching and preaching programs, what do you think makes Love Worth Finding stand out? Is it the personality of Dr. Adrian Rogers? Is it his teaching style? What makes it have such staying power, in your opinion? Well, I think first and foremost, the message is anointed. I think it's anointed by God. I think it, it was anointed by God when he preached it. And, you know, it doesn't wear off. I, I think it's still anointed today. Uh, our responsibility is to distribute that message. So I think, I think you have to step back and recognize that we're dealing with a message here that God has truly anointed, and he's used many times over the years. Num- number two, I would also say that the preaching style of Adrian Rogers, whether you're nine or 90, you get it. And he had a way of communicating with people so that no matter what demographics, no matter what the age, you were going to connect to what he was saying. And then the other part is the illustrations, the jokes, uh, the commentaries, the stories were all timeless. Never current affairs, never something that was dated. It was always universal, always timeless. So if he said it in 1994, he can say it again in 2015, and it still makes sense. So I think all that put together, we have a strong, strong message to share. Carrie Vaughn is the CEO of Love Worth Finding Ministries. Give their office a call at 1-800-274-5683 and find out more information on their website, lwf.org. That's LWF. Dot O-R-G, and we're on with Carrie Vaughn of Love Worth Finding Ministries on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. You're listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. My name is Mike Lee, and our special guest today is the CEO of Love Worth Finding Ministries, Carrie Vaughn. Carrie, we've enjoyed Dr. Adrian Rogers' teachings on True Talk 800 and KPDQ for many years. What a privilege it must be to work with Love Worth Finding Ministries. How did this start for you? You know, I was a young guy in the corporate world, kind of a young uh, corporate exec, uh, very involved in the church, and Lord had blessed me with some opportunities to teach and to serve, and then later became a deacon. And, and through the, the process of all that, uh, the church was growing, I was growing uh, as a spiritual leader. 
And uh, the opportunity through the church was looking to really do two things. They were carving out more money to put to missions. And so they took $5 million of the budget and said, we're going to use it just for missions. And we're going to do 40 to 50 mission trips a year. And, and, and that happened. And it's still happening today, by the way. But the other thing they decided to do was to develop a minister-on-staff role that would mobilize and assimilate over 7,000 volunteers. And the second part of that was that Dr. Rogers really wanted to see what he called the executive laity, these these um, members of the church that were retired, semi-retired, quasi-retired. Uh, they had flexibility. They were entrepreneurs. They were strong business people. And he wanted to swing the ministry to them so they could run it. And they could they could be the catalyst for that ministry, almost like a non-paid staff member. But he needs somebody to kind of tackle all of that. And in my my experience in those days, I had come from the corporate world as a corporate recruiter, uh, economic development, job placement, uh, HR. And he said, "Kerry, this would be a great fit." At the same time, I felt like the Lord was leading me more towards full-time ministry, and so I had the privilege of serving on staff as well as being ordained by Adrian Rogers. And I, I look back at the time, Mike, I was probably in my early 30s. I look back, and it was just such a spiritual marker for me at that time to be with a man that I could almost just kind of sit at the feet of the teacher and learn. And, of course, Bevy's a big church. At the time, we were 29,000 members, a $22 million operating budget, and we were impacting the Mid-South, the nation, and the world for Christ. And so for me to come on board as a minister on staff and just be a part of that team and a part of those blessings was just a, it was really, truly a spiritual marker for me. And then a few years later to get the call to say, hey, would you think about and pray about being the CEO of Love Worth Finding? I'll be honest with you. Um, I didn't pray much because of my love and respect for Adrian Rogers and the time that I served with him on staff. I jumped at the chance to be president of Love Worth Finding. So, Kerry, did you find it to be a, a real switch when it comes to your career as a businessman moving into ministry full-time, although you had worked with the church and with Dr. Rogers for a while at this point? Yeah, no big switch. I, I realized early on that we're in the people business. So whether, whether it's job placement or economic development or ministry or radio TV broadcasting, we are in the people business. And so the Lord has given me insight and in, in some um, discernment in that respect. And I think Bellevue being my home church, it was an easy segue for me. And then, of course, you know, Love Worth Finding being Adrian Rogers' ministry, that was another easy transition for me. So it's it's been a blessing to be a part of all this, and, and God knows exactly what he's doing. You know, my college days, I was a radio, TV, broadcasting major. And when I came out of that, didn't really know what God had in store and kind of fell into the business world. But God, in his perfect wisdom, uh, was lining up uh, the chips, and uh, he directed the steps. And it's been a great, great opportunity for me. And and I tell you, there was a day in time where the ministry of Adrian Rogers, especially through Bellevue Church, uh, we were a flagship church at that time. Many churches from around the nation were coming to Memphis, Tennessee to see how things were done. And so Dr. Rogers would remind us often 
he would say, men, you need to be blameless. He said, the one thing I want you to do, I just want you to be blameless, not perfect, not flawless, but I want you to walk with God. And if it's going to happen, it's not going to happen on your watch. And then he would say, then he said, two, always be part of the solution, never part of the problem. And so as we, as we serve the church and we serve the community, let's be part of the solution, never part of the problem. And number three, remember you represent not only the Lord Jesus Christ, but you represent Bellevue Church. And you represent me with my name on the side of that bus as the pastor. And he said, people are watching us. People are learning from us. And with uh, much responsibility, uh, you know, comes great reward. And so, you know, he had a way of just really reminding us and keeping us in check and really showing us that God has called us not only to ministry, but God has also called us to lead and to be a leader in this convention. And that's exactly what we're going to do. So it's, it, it was almost like a, a seminary training for me all over again. So as a flagship church, as you were saying, was there a great amount of pressure to put on the best presentation possible to all these churches looking up to you and Bellevue and Dr. Rogers? Well, I think, I think the pressure was, and it was a good pressure, I think the pressure was, Dr. Rogers had a slogan. He said, he said guys, we're going to do things um, with a standard of excellence. And the reason he would say that, he said, you know, if, if we were in the secular world, we would do it to the best of our ability to the nth degree. Why would we give God any less? And so he always had this slogan, we're going to do this with a standard of excellence. And so whether it was a t-ball game at the church or a Easter production or a marriage conference or a love offering Sunday, whatever it was throughout the year, either we were going to do it with a standard of excellence to glorify the Lord, or, Mike, we were just not going to do it at all. We're going to scratch it. And I think, I think that shows you the type of leader Adrian Rogers really was. Was it easy to follow him as a mentor, or was it tough to not put him up on a pedestal? Because he was such a man of integrity, and so in love with Jesus, and so above reproach. You know, he, he would often say, in, in his, very, um, uh, his very winsome personality, he would often say, I realize that there are Adrianites that are out there. And what he meant by that was... People were following him, and he knew that. He said, but my responsibility is to follow Jesus Christ. And if people are following me, then in, at the end of the day when the smoke clears, they'll be following Jesus Christ. But, but he knew that. He, he, had a, he had wisdom in that regard. But he would always try to say, you know, man, you know my heart. You know where I stand. And... Um, you know, if, if you will keep your sights on God, um, no man with two nostrils breathing can stop it if it's God's will. And so he just had a way of kind of bringing us back to the basics, bringing us back to the fundamentals. You know, are we spending time in the Word? Are we spending time with God? You know, he made a statement one time, Mike, that said, he said, gentlemen, I spend more time with God than I spend with my staff. He said, I spend more time with God than I do my family or my congregation. And then he said this, I love God more than I do anybody else in my circle. And, and because of that, 
because he spent more time with God than anybody, and because he loved God more than anybody, God just honored and blessed that. And so many times when you go back and look at those days, I hate to say it, but we were living off the blessings and almost riding the coattail of a godly man. So how do you follow up a season like that? How do you own it for yourself when you no longer have a Dr. Adrian Rogers with you? I think I think many times what I try to do, I try to go back to those those times with Dr. Rogers. Tuesday at lunch was our time with him in those days. And I took a lot of notes back in those days, Mike, and I listened a lot. For a guy that talks a lot, I listened a lot. And what I try to go back to is the times we had on the mountaintop, I use when we're in the valley time. And what I mean by that is, we would all love to be on the mountaintop forever, but it doesn't work that way. But the times that we had those mountaintop experiences as a church staff, a church leadership, I go back to those times, and that's what I pull from when I'm in the valley, so that I'm able, by the grace of God, to navigate through it. And that's one thing that I learned from Adrian Rogers. And so we apply that to Love Worth Finding, a ministry that is has a bigger footprint today than it did 10 years ago, a ministry that is truly still anointed, a ministry that is impacting the world for Christ. I mean, the things we're doing in Canada and the things we're doing through the Spanish ministry of El Amor Valley is phenomenal. And we say, how does that happen? Because we serve the same God who can, who can bless it, he can honor it, and he can propel it forward. And so I'm just reminded those talks and those sessions, those lunches that we had with Adrian Rogers, I go back to many of those, and that is the, that is the shot in the arm that keeps me going. Taking the high moments from life and remembering them when we are down in the valleys is just one of the ways that we can keep going. Another great way is by getting the Word of God into your ears and into your heart on a regular basis through prayer, absolutely, through reading, absolutely. And oddly enough, through radio ministry as well. Love with Finding with Adrian Rogers airs weekdays at 7 a.m. and again at 7 p.m. on True Talk 800. Love with Finding weekend, Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. and Sundays at 9 a.m. and also 3 p.m. on True Talk 800. And don't forget about our sister station, 93.9 KPDQ-FM, airing Love with Finding weekends at 5.30 in the morning. We're speaking with Carrie Vaughn, the CEO of Love Worth Finding Ministries on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Welcome back to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Love Worth Finding Ministries CEO is with us. His name is Carrie Vaughn. Carrie was sharing with us about his experience in joining Love Worth Finding Ministries and lovely mentoring alongside Dr. Adrian Rogers. And one of the things that you'd mentioned, Carrie, that stands out about Love Worth Finding is the Word of God is central. So if you were to speak to some churches that might be trying to be more outreach-driven or keeping up with the times as to approach a modern audience. Do you think there's a bit of a danger in that? I think you have to be careful, Mike. I do. I, I remember years ago, these young preacher boys um, would come to the church, and they would want to spend time with Dr. Rogers. And, and the neat thing about his schedule, he would always carve out time for the young pastors. And so they would either come and do breakfast or lunch or just spend a couple of hours one afternoon. And, and it, was, it was the common denominator before these young guys would leave. They would all ask the same question. Dr. Rogers, how in the world did you grow 
Bellevue Baptist Church to a mega church here in the Mid-South, and his response was always the same. He would say, I'd get up every morning, and I would say, Lord, this is Adrian Rogers reporting for duty. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. And they would look at him and kind of laugh, and they would say, no, seriously now, seriously, Dr. Rogers, what's the formula, what's the game plan? And he would say in that deep voice, son, the game plan is I would get up every morning and say, this is Adrian Rogers reporting for duty. Whatever you want me to do, Lord, I will do it. And finally, after about two or three times, they caught it in the fact that there is no gimmick, there is no gadget, there is no secret formula except preaching the Word of God as is. Uh, Dr. Rogers used to say to the men on staff, he'd say, boys, let's get them in the church house, we'll shoot them full of Jesus, and then we'll go from there. And so he knew that, you know, if, if he could just get them into the church house and preach the solid Word of God, that the Holy Spirit would take it from there. And so I think, to answer your question, I think we have to be careful. I think sometimes we look for a quick fix. I think many times we want the uh, we want the cliff notes, uh, we want the gimmicks, we want the cutting edge stuff. Uh, we focus a lot on how we dress or what the music is. Bottom line, preach the word of God and let it stand by itself. Amen to that. Do you believe that the modern churches are better at playing with each other than in the past? You know, I, I do. I think I think all churches are realizing that at the end of the day, to the non-believer, does it really matter if it's a traditional song or a contemporary song? To the non-believer, does, does it really matter if it's for whosoever will or if it's Calvinism? To the non-believer, does it really matter that either we have a tie on Sunday night or we have an open collar? I, those are things that, that causes tension between us as believers and us as different believers with different age ranges or demographics. But to the non-believer, man, we're just trying to, to make sure they know the, the power of his resurrection, right? And so I think what churches have figured out is, you know, let's, let's work together. Let's coincide. Let's, let's try to charge the hill more as a unit as opposed to individuals. I know here in the Mid-South, we have what we call... Um, um, Memphis loves Jesus. And what that is, is all the churches coming together and all the faith-based nonprofits coming together. We're trying to impact the Memphis metro community for Christ. Because at the end of the day, isn't that what God's called us to do? Mm. So I, I do agree. I think I think some of the churches are playing better in the sandbox, and I think God is pleased because of that. Because Love Worth Finding is on so many stations across the country, do you find that the audience receives things differently when you receive feedback from listeners? You know, a little bit. Um, when, when we hear back from the listeners, when I go see folks personally, you know, I travel the nation and, and kind of visit with some of our um, constituency and supporters and people of that nature, I always ask them the same question. What can we do better? What do we do well? And also, what can we do better? And the reply I get from everybody across the nation, whatever you do, keep the integrity of the ministry. And when I heard that the first few times, I thought, what in the world do they mean? Keep the integrity. And, and now, looking over the last four years that I've been here, what I've realized, Mike, is what they're saying, stay true to the message, 
stay true to the Word of God, stay true to to the mission. And even though times will change, and even though sometimes the message will change, just be sure that the message never changes. So do you think sticking so fervently with the Word of God has allowed Love Worth Finding to just keep growing all these years, even after Dr. Rogers has passed on to heaven? I do. I do. I think when you have a man of God that preaches the Word of God, that has been in the light of God, and he preaches it without compromise and with conviction and with kingdom authority, I I don't see how you can preach it any other way. I believe God will bless it. I believe God will honor it. And I believe God will show favor to that organization or to that church that lines up with that. Carrie Vaughn, you mentioned that there was such a sense of integrity that surrounded Dr. Adrian Rogers. Do you think it's that integrity and that personal humility that really allowed the Word of God to move forward through the teachings of Love Worth Finding in ways that perhaps a more dynamic, charismatic personality at the helm might take away from? I, I do, and, and when I say integrity, because I know sometimes we throw that word out, but but I want you to understand it's integrity at the highest level. And I'll give you an example. One one day we had Dr. Rogers in the studio. We were doing a recording, and we said, Dr. Rogers, we're going to record your piece here, and then we're going to record the other person uh, out west, and then we'll edit. And, of course, you guys know this being a radio, we'll edit, we'll slice and dice, and we'll bring it all together so that when the – when the person views the program, they're gonna, it's going to seem like you guys are in the studio together. And Dr. Rogers hesitated for a moment, and they said, is it a problem? And he said, well, what you're saying is the person is not in the studio with me. And they said, correct. We're going to do your part here. We're going to do the other part out west. We're going to piece it together. And he said, yes, but the person is not here with me. And this young producer was trying to explain it a third time. And and Dr. Rogers said, son, what I'm saying is he's not here. So let's don't give the impression that he is here. Now, to some, that may be foolish. But to a Dr. Rogers, he never wanted to give the perception of anything that was not true or anything that would be labeled as a spin doctor or anything that would be classified as saying one thing and doing another. And so when I talk about integrity, I just give you that one example of many to say it was integrity at the highest level. And I believe God has just blessed that and continues to bless that over time. So as a mentor figure to you, Carrie Vaughn, did Dr. Rogers pass on anything else that changed some of your personal behavior with life? Uh, Looking back uh, as my pastor, Looking back as my uh, uh, mentor, as my spiritual advisor, as my friend, almost as a father figure for me, um, the one thing that I took away from him was the way that he was so relational and the way that he poured himself into people. You know, it's one thing to be a pastor of a mega church, but it, there's, one, there's another thing to be not only a pastor of a mega church head of a radio TV ministry, head of a Southern Baptist convention, um, and then all the boards that he was set on and, and his his agenda and his schedule and his calendar was just horrendous. But he always found time 
to go to lunch, to meet with people, to counsel. He would still do weddings. He would officiate weddings. He would officiate funerals. He would go have coffee. He would write letters. I mean, the letters he would write people that would just come out of the blue were letters that he wrote personally. They were not form letters. They were handwritten letters. And what I learned from him was that he took time to pour himself into other people. It was life on life with Adrian Rogers. And the way he pulled it off, and I hate to use this word, but he pulled it off as a celebrity. I mean, it'd be one thing for me to pull it off. But as a celebrity that he was in, in many forms and facets, he pulled it off well. And I just I took that away as a takeaway to say he was all about the people. He was all about relationships. And it was life on life with him. And if you had to pick one mission statement or a true north of the calling of love worth finding, what would that be? The mission statement would be uh, to share the love of Jesus Christ to share the love of Jesus Christ through radio, TV, and Internet, and to move believers in maturity toward Christ. So it's twofold. We want to introduce them to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We're going to do that through radio, TV, Internet, social media, you name it. But it's also to mature that believer in Christ, because we also have a strong discipleship piece with the ministry. Uh, there's a gentleman, there's a big engineer, good friend of mine, great support of the ministry. He listens, he buys products strictly for discipleship. He is being discipled through our ministry. Uh, I'll say it a different way. He's being discipled from afar. He's in Houston. We're here. And so we understand we serve that role as well. So to me, that would be our mission statement, to, to introduce people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, but doesn't stop there, to move believers in maturity in Christ. Love Worth Finding Ministries with Dr. Aiden Rogers can be heard on True Talk 800 weekdays at 7 a.m. and again at 7 p.m. in addition to Love Worth Finding Weekend, Saturday mornings at 10, and also on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. And don't forget about our sister station, 93.9 KPDQ-FM, airing Love Worth Finding Weekend, Sunday mornings at 5.30. And we're speaking with the Love Worth Finding Ministries CEO, Carrie Vaughn on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Thanks for joining us on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Mike Lee here with the CEO of Love Worth Finding Ministries, Carrie Vaughn. Carrie, thanks so much for joining us all the way from Memphis, Tennessee today. And you can always find out more information on their website, lwf.org. That's lwf.org. So, Carrie, as a businessman who eventually God called into full-time ministries, not only being mentored by and serving alongside the late Dr. Adrian Rogers, now you're steering an incredibly huge and wonderful ship of Love Worth Finding Ministries when it comes to not only radio, but also TV and Internet. I want to find out about your personal roots. So where did you grow up? I grew up right here in Memphis, Tennessee, and um, was grew up in a home where my mother was probably more of the spiritual leader. And um, she made certain every Sunday and every Sunday evening uh, we were at church. And I praise God for her. She's one of my best friends and uh, lives beside me in the community and just had a heart for God and wanted to be sure her kids had a heart for God. So my mom had me in front of the gospel at an early age. I prayed to receive Christ when I was nine years old. I grew up in the church house. I was part of the state Bible drill team. I served through RAs. And then I went off to college to play football. 
Uh, that was kind of my forte at the time, and I thought I wanted to make a career out of that. God had other plans. but well, That's exciting. Yeah. Where did you play? Well, I played at a school called Lambeth University uh, that's here in Tennessee, a small school, small private school. Had the chance to go up and play football and be a part of that, that process. And in the midst of that, what I didn't know was that God was going to allow me to do two things, and that was to find my uh, wife, Lelania, and number two, to obtain my degree. So within four years, I started dating Lelania, who she was Miss Lambeth University, and a beautiful uh, voice. She was a vocal performance, and uh, just really loves the Lord. We began to date, and both of us graduated. And then we started our lives together, and we moved back to Memphis, Tennessee, Mike. And when we came back to Memphis, Tennessee, we were invited to go to Bellevue as a young married couple. And I remember stepping into the church and just being overwhelmed, you know, being from the country and 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 being a young guy. Uh, first time I stepped inside Bellevue Baptist Church, it was just overwhelming, the size and, and the way that this man, Adrian Rogers, preached the word. But very quickly, we became acclimated with the church. We jumped into a life group class. We jumped into the choir. Uh, believe it or not, we started doing some of the musical theater. Uh, my wife and I, even though I played football, uh, I was kind of the weird guy. I played football, but at night I did uh, I did theater. And so my wife and I had been singing in college. We'd done a little bit of the arts. And so when we got to Bellevue, we had the chance to do the Memphis Passion Play. And the Lord gave me the distinct privilege of, of playing Christ in the Memphis Passion Play for 18 years. That must have been a huge honor <laughs> and also responsibility. <laughs> So it was a great responsibility because when I when I started doing that in the early '90s, it became a full fledged production that we would do for a seven nights, and within seven nights, Mike, we'd have fifty thousand people come through to see it. And of course, I would grow out the beard. We'd do the hair extensions. My wife, who, as, as I said earlier, beautiful voice, she would uh, play the part of Mary of Magdalene, and and she would sing a couple of solos. And so for about you know. 18 years, we were embedded in this musical production called The Passion Play. And in 2004, 2005, we actually took that production to Uruguay in South America. And we performed it for two weeks in various cities throughout Uruguay. And we saw over 600 people make decisions for Christ. And so I share that with you just to say that was kind of, you know, I've, it's kind of funny in Memphis. I'm kind of known as Jesus, and and I don't I don't take that lightly. <laughs> but that's that's a statement I get from time to time. But the neat thing was I would go sit down with Dr. Rogers, and I would get his insight on certain dialogue, on certain lines, different scenes, and he just had a wisdom, and he would help me kind of block some of that. And the way I would portray Christ, I took a lot from his guidance, and so that was one of our biggest ministries with the church. Uh, now that I'm in my 40s, I'm a little too old to play Jesus, but uh, that has been a wonderful thing for us. And, and really, one of the main things that I was a part of all those years at Bellevue. What was your favorite song to sing in this musical production? <laughs> you know... Um, and did that change my, over I, the years? Well, it, it wasn't so much a song as it was for me, because I had so many lines and I was quoting so much of the Word of God. My favorite scene was the garden scene before the crucifixion. With the and disciples falling asleep? 
the disciples were asleep. Jesus made his way over to the rock, and, and he's praying to the Father. And it's it's that time where it's just agony. It's it's you know it's Jesus um, uh, who is saying you know Father, not my will, but Thy will be done. But there's a part in that where I'm just really not only in agony but pouring myself out in that scene. And there's one word that I would love, and that, and that word was nevertheless. You know, not not my will, Father. Nevertheless, your will be done. And that was the turning point for me, the, the whole agony, the whole wrestling with this, what I've been called to do. And, you know, we do that now. When God calls us to do something, sometimes we wrestle with that. But that word, nevertheless, that turning point, not my will, God, but thy will be done, was such a great scene in that production that we would really just bring out not only the agony of the cross, but we would also bring out the joy of Jesus. So that when people watch this production, they would say, you know, that Jesus guy, I could go hang out with him for a couple of hours. He's a joyful guy. He's a loving guy. I could I could spend some time with a guy like that. Nevertheless, so nevertheless, <laughs> you, you know what, Carrie Vaughn, maybe you ought to write a book and name it Nevertheless. You know what? I'd find it interesting. A bad idea. A compilation a of great idea. testimonies and stories and things that might not have gone people's way, but God had bigger plans. Amen. Just a thought. Amen. Good word. Great word. I'm not one to be the biggest conspiracy theorist. I have lovely, delightful, saved friends who tend to blame things on the devil. And at times I find it's a way to shirk your own responsibility. Oh, the devil made me late for work today. It's like, no, you decided to hit snooze five times. So uh, along those lines, however, (laughs) I firmly believe that when you are doing something that raises up Christ, much less with the gifting and the tool of music that was Lucifer's. I believe he's going to do everything in his power to muck things up, to make miscommunications snowball if you let them between team or cast or or musical team members. So over those 18 years as portraying Jesus in this passion play, did you experience what some people might call a spiritual warfare? Oh, no doubt about it. And I would always see it, Mike. You know, we would we would practice for three or four months, but there was a two-week span, about two weeks every night, every day, that we were in what we call dress rehearsal mode. And it was always in that two-week span that either something went sideways at the office or something with the kids or something with the finances or something, you know, something always, you know, started to kind of unravel during that two-week time. And my wife would always remind me, you know, Satan's hard at work. You know, here we are in, in the final hour before we do this production in front of 50,000 people, by the way. You know, seven seven to eight performances, and we would see 50,000 people come through. And out of 50,000 people, Mike, we may see 3,000 pray to receive Christ right here in the Bible Belt of Memphis, Tennessee. And so she would remind me, you know, Satan's hard at work. He doesn't want this to happen. And I would just try to especially in that in that last two to three weeks, I would just pull away and I would check myself at the door and I would say, God, use me. I want to be clean. I want to be holy. I want to be usable. And the only way I knew to do that, the only way I knew to get my heart right and my head right was just to pull away and spend time with God. And can I tell you, it was almost like a mission trip for me, but I never left the city. I never left my home, but it was always a mission trip for me those two to three weeks, those two weeks of dress rehearsals and then that last week to perform it. 
but man, God would show up and show out and, and just would use it in a mighty way, not only to the people that were there, but for me, for the actors. I mean, I just, it was a time I would really draw close to the Lord. But to answer your question, all oh, Satan would come hard. He would come hard with anything that he could, sickness. You know, a lot of us would get sick during that time and we would just have to pray it through. But um, it's amazing as I look back and I look back at the Uruguay trips and 18 years and I, I have now young adults that come up to me that said, hey, Carrie, I was I prayed to receive Christ when I was five years old at the Passion Play. It's amazing. And uh, uh, here, here's a funny one. I got on a plane one time, Mike, and the stewardess, I had on a suit, clean cut a few years ago. Stewardess said, oh, my goodness, it's Jesus. <laughs> and here I am with no beard. I got a suit and tie on, and I'm looking around, and she notices me. I don't notice her. So I lean in, and I go, hey, listen, you wouldn't put Jesus Christ in coach, would you? <laughs> <laughs> said, Had that work out I for would. you. Yeah, she said, absolutely, I would. You're in 27C. <laughs> <laughs> so I share that funny with you to say, you know, people would recognize me, and I wouldn't recognize them. And what God also showed me was, there's a big accountability that comes with that. And so, you know, I just give you that example to say, even through a production and through a play, God can really mold and make a man. And some of those times are some of the richest spiritual times that I've had. We're talking with the CEO, Carrie Vaughn, from Loveworth Finding Ministries, college football player who went into the arts with his beautiful wife, Lelania, and served as 18 years as Jesus in the Passion Play. So as we wrap up in our last couple of minutes here, Carrie, I want you to elaborate on this thought. We as the church are really good at introducing people to Christ, but we're really poor at mentoring and building them and growing them. How can we fix that? You know, Adrian had a he had a session at the at the church, and he would also um, say this from time to time. There's there's certain things that have to happen. Salvation is not the finish line; it's actually the starting line. And he would say, "These are some things I want you to do. Number one, I want you to I want you to pray to God. Prayer is how we communicate to Him. Uh, number two, I want you to read the Word. That's how He communicates to us through the blueprint of life. And so, read God's Word. Number three. Join a Bible-believing, teaching church somewhere in your area. If that's Bellevue, wonderful. If that's another church, wonderful. But he would always say, find a church that's Bible-believing and Bible-teaching and go jump in it. Fourth thing, be blameless. I shared that earlier. He would always say, you know, walk in the light and be blameless. But the, but the fifth thing, tell other people what God has done. You don't have to be a, a, a minister. You don't, even, you don't have to be an attorney. You're not debating anything, but you're a messenger. Tell other people what God has done in your life, and, and don't be ashamed of the gospel. So he would share some of those building blocks uh, for, for infant believers so they, they could move forward in maturity and ministry in Christ. And he had booklets that he developed with that as part of the mission statement. So to answer your question, I think as, as a ministry of love worth finding, as other ministries around the globe, we have to be cognizant of the fact that salvation is not the finish line. It is the starting line. And we have a responsibility to move people forward. And a lot of that is just accountability. A lot of that is having the right resources. So a big part of Love Worth Finding, uh, we, have two, we have two revenue streams. We have those that support the ministry, 
with their prayers and financial support. We praise God for them. Many of them are listening to this broadcast now. But number two is product sales. And so when we send out product, Mike, we try to send it out that people can use it as a discipleship piece because we know folks will read our information and will read our resources that will never find a church in their area, or they use us as the church. They watch us on Sunday morning, and they use the products and the resources to grow their faith. And so we understand that. We realize we have a big responsibility, but can I tell you something else? So does the other churches in the area, and so does the faith-based organizations around the world. We have a responsibility to move believers in ministry and maturity. So let's remember why we're doing what we're doing, friends. Carrie Vaughn is the CEO of Loveworth Finding Ministries. Carrie, thank you so much for joining us. It has been a privilege just to glean from your insights. And one of these times, we're going to get you on to sing some old songs as Jesus in the Passion Play, all right? I can do that. I can do that. And I'll just say, you know, go and sin no more, Mike. We're looking forward to it. More information <laughs> on their website, lwf.org. That's lwf.org. And thank you so much for joining us on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.